0: Well, good morning everyone and it's nice to have my family here and And uh, the Lord has been so gracious during this really crazy time. We've been praying for and continue to pray for those who are without um, electricity. Uh, I know that uh, Springfield, many parts of Springfield are still out of electricity. Uh, I talked with Ken uh, this morning out in Pleasant Hill and he said that they were out of electricity and trees were coming down out there, one of their neighbors I was kind of stuck on Summer Lake Road. With two trees, one in front and one in back. Oh, yes. stopped Stopped and made a call to see if she could have move her car up to Ken's place. And a tree came down behind her. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy out there. Whoa. And uh, I'm thankful. I know some might have questioned why I, um, you know, canceled the assembly out at the hill. Uh, but there was actually six big um, semis that uh, piled up right there at the Goshen exit on I-5. So, i um, thankful that you are home safe, and uh, I'm thankful that you are joining us this morning. And so, let's start with the word of prayer, but I want to have you turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms in chapter 4. Psalms chapter 4. Very powerful, powerful prayer Uh, By David. And I so appreciate uh, David in his his prayer life. Psalms, chapter 4. Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have delivered me in my distress. Be gracious to me and and hear my prayer. O sons of men, how long will, will all my honor become a reproach? How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when your grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is such an amazing passage because we know it's a prayer. David is actually writing this as a song, but it's also a prayer. Verse one, be gracious to me, and hear my prayer and he goes on and he speaks of uh prayer to him throughout this song but here's what i really love he has absolute confidence that god's going to hear his prayer and that god is going to answer it and he compares the sad uh life of those outside of christ verse two oh sons of men how long will my honor become a reproach how long will you love what is worthless and aim at at deception. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. How important that is then for us to realize that God listens, God deeply cares for us, and God will answer. When we ask in faith, God will answer. And of course, verse 4 and 5, the beauty of uh, the man of God uh, choosing to fear not, but to meditate on God's word and then be responsive and laying down his life and sacrifice as he trusts the Lord. The final thing here that I think is so amazing is, is uh, verse 6, where he says, "Many are saying, Who will show us any good? You know that's rather interesting. As life gets more and more crazy and more chaos, it's interesting that people are seeking that which is stable, that which is good, that which is is uh, something they can put their trust in. And then he goes on to say, uh, Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. Well, you know, when the Lord shines on us, when we look into his word and we receive it and we live it, then people can see light. Then people can have hope. And so uh, I'm so thankful for that. So again, uh, there are many without power. We need to be praying for them. Uh, Sharon and I and and uh, uh, Jake and Lexi were able to attend the Alvador uh, Assembly, and uh, it was only just a few minutes away, thankfully. And uh, the words were the words. The roads were very icy, and so uh, uh, we slipped a little bit. Jake slipped a little bit, but. Uh, we're thankful to get there and back. And so I would ask that you would consider praying for Mr. Parks, uh, Kirk Parks, uh, listening to him preach. He did a phenomenal job. If you were not able to join the Alvador Assembly this morning, maybe get on YouTube and uh, or Facebook. They, are, they have a Facebook uh, page and listen to what Mr. Parks had to share. It was really an amazing sermon. but. In light of his conclusion, it's so important for us to pray for him, and pray as he lays out what God uh, has called us to do in regards to becoming a Christian, uh, to being saved. Um, the question is, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" You know, that's what the the Philippian jailer asked. What a great question! And Kirk is going to lay that out for. The folks there so we need to pray for his wisdom uh and also too for his his strength of character as he preaches and teaches those things there might be some i hope not but there might be some that would not embrace the truth of what he'll be sharing so let's pray for kirk and melissa and pray for the the folks there at alvador lots of good folks there so we just pray that they'll hear the message and uh, examine themselves as I would continue to pray for the Pleasant Hill Congregation that we continue to grow and become the people that God has called us to be. Those who are being sanctified uh, by the Spirit through faith in and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, If there are any other uh, prayer requests, if you'll text them to me and then we, Sharon and I, can put them out on the wire. Uh, That would be great to the Pleasant Hill uh, prayer page, prayer uh, chain. That would be great. So are there any prayers that you might have this morning?
1: Um, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Um, I would like prayers for a co-worker of mine um, by the name of Ben uh, Framdahl. I feel like I'm making inroads with him, and I would really like prayers that his heart might be open. Um, he's a really nice guy. Um, seems to be genuine and... Uh, I haven't gotten to the point of spiritual conversations, but uh, I think at some point I will be able to get to that point. So just prayers for him, prayers for an open heart, um, prayers for me that I'll be able to say the right thing at the right time, that he would be um, willing to listen. Mm-hmm. So prayers for Ben, what was his
0: last name? Fromdal. Fromdal, yeah. a co-worker of Jacob's. That uh, when Jacob was praying that God would open his heart, there'd be an open door of opportunity with him so uh that would be great okay uh also too as i uh, uh have gotten the uh the visa for belarus uh my heart is desired to get there in march i've reached out to a few folks they are excited that i'd be coming and visiting and so anyway if you would be prayerful about that 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 would all work out the way god would have it planned i would appreciate that so any others at work oh yes uh, if, if those of you who have been praying for my son Ryan in Montana um, he is still waiting on the railroad sounds like things are progressing but uh, he's still waiting on them to say yep you're hired and and, uh, and then to start the whole process so anyway if you do that I would appreciate that as well so, so let's go ahead and pray our Holy Father in heaven help us to be a people of understanding a people of wisdom people of prayer so thankful for David in, in his psalms that as he has written so many of these psalms as actually not only a song but uh, also his prayer to you and uh, Lord how uh, it is awesome we can hear how he prayed and Father he has a heart uh, a heart uh, after God's own heart and so Lord his, his prayers are just amazing and they give us great instruction on how to pray. First, uh, a prayer of faith, uh, thanking and recognizing God as the, the only true sovereign that listens and then is responsive to our prayers for help and for praise and adoration. And also too, Father, for uh, prayers that petition God to shine upon his people so that they might manifest his goodness and his kindness and truth to those around them Lord Jacob's prayer is is just that same prayer that we would be prayerful for his co-workers particularly one of the co-workers uh, named Ben uh, that he has been making really good inroads in and developing that trusting relationship and pray that his heart would be open to hear the message of the gospel and Lord for uh, uh, Ryan uh, Father that uh, his seeking to Uh, uh, get a job and a career uh, with the railroad, uh, which would provide well for he and his family. We'd ask, Father, that you would grant that uh, prayer as well. Uh, Lord, uh, I also want to be prayerful for Oregon Family Camp. I've been reaching out to men uh, who I believe would be excellent preachers uh, for uh, the theme this year of hope. And I would ask your Heavenly Father that you, Lord, would open hearts of those who you know can do the job and do an excellent uh, uh, lesson on the hope that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Right, so I'm now going to turn it over to Jacob, and he's going to lead us uh, in the Word and prepare minds for the Lord's Supper. Well,
1: good morning, everyone. Good morning, Um, everyone. Wow, that sounded very... Good morning, Jacob. <laughs> I'm going to be in Colossians uh, chapter 1 today. Um, starting in verse 13. <coughs> uh, I've been thinking about a lot about freedom. And... Um, over and over and over again at work, there's always a conversation of... Um, how complicated life is and how awful life seems to be and how things are going with the government and just everything is so negative and I'm just horribly glad, actually I'm amazingly glad, that's part of the better adjective, Um, for the freedom that we have in Christ and that um, uh, circumstances right now don't define my attitude and it's extremely um, peaceful Um, So, verse 13, it says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. So, no longer am I in that domain of darkness, and many of us are um, no longer in that domain of darkness, (coughs) that negativity. Um, We're in the the kingdom of his beloved Son, and we have that freedom. Uh, Reading on, In him we have redemption, uh, the forgiveness of sins, Uh, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the church, uh, the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Um, So I think it's interesting in verse 16, it talks about, um, for by him all things were created. And... Um, The body of Christ, the church, was created through Him. You know, we were created through Him. The new creation was created through Him. Um, Things visible or invisible. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, for some reason in my mind, I always connected the thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities to physical things. And I was kind of like, that's kind of out of place. You know, yeah, He does put rulers and authorities in power, but what about us? We're kings. We're priests. You know, we're a, a holy nation. Um, and so through Christ, He created us, He created, you know, this, I can't remember who it was that originally called it God's economy, um, and that's kind of a cool cool thought, you know, we have a, a completely different, we can set ourselves apart from the world, you know, and we're not part of them. And then, um, verse 19, for it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, you know, He... Was the perfect sacrifice. He had the spirit. He had um, that power, and now we do too because of his sacrifice. Um, and it says in verse twenty, through him, uh, through him, to reconcile all things to himself through Christ's life, to reconcile all things to him through his his blood, through his sacrifice. You know, um, as we partake, let's think about um, what he did for us. Um, so that he would reconcile everything to himself, reconcile us to himself. Lord God in heaven, we're so thankful for um, the ability to gather together, um, maybe not necessarily in person, but we know that um, you're here with us, and um, we're thankful for the the memorial feast that we partake of. I pray that you would help us to think about um, what you have done for us. um, through your unconditional love, your sacrifice. I pray that you would um, help us keep that in mind. I pray these things in Jesus' name.
0: Thanks to you. that was excellent. I appreciate it. I love verse 13, you know. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. It's powerful. I want to turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5 this morning. And many of you know that we have finished 2023, but I have not finished the theme for the Pleasant Hill Church uh, for 2023. And remember, we started a a mini-series on faith. On faith that brings about the victory over this world. And in the book of Romans in chapter 8, I love the statement that it says that we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us uh, and and gave himself for us. And that word, uh, overwhelmingly conquer, means a decisive victory over has been won, and we are participating in that victory through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And it's powerful to realize that it's by faith that a man or woman is justified. It's by faith that a man or a woman is sanctified. And so we need to recognize that this faith that overcomes the world is the very faith that Jesus Christ possessed. For he said... I have overcome the world in in his uh, um, communication with his uh, apostles right near the end of his life. I mean, just hours really before he was to be killed. He said, I have overcome the world. By faith he knew that through his sacrifice and subsequent resurrection by the power of his father that he had the victory. It was already done. This morning as I was listening to Kirk Park's preach, it was really phenomenal in that he was communicating a a very powerful statement about God having predestined us. And I got so excited, so I started going through my scriptures. And in the book of Romans in chapter 8, this isn't in my notes, I'm going off script. Uh, In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, it says that we have been predestined. Well, in the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter says, by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Now notice that word predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God is a derivative of what we would read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. That those he foreknew, he also predestined or predetermined the plan by which they would be saved. And so by faith, Jesus Christ confidently went to the cross. Was there great pain? Was there great suffering? But we notice Jesus in those last hours powerfully communicated a man that was absolutely sure. And his heart was given to deep and abiding concern for the women on the road up to Golgotha and then for those soldiers who were ignorant of God's great plan of salvation for them and for those evil, and it's true, they were evil, evil Jewish leaders at the time that decided out of jealousy to kill him, to murder him. He asked that God would forgive them and of course the thief on the cross, his mother and his disciple John. We see the power of love because of Christ's great faith. The power of love that touched the hearts of those Roman soldiers. That rendered people from that point on. So that Stephen would even remembering his amazing Christ and King. In his martyrdom. Ask that God would forgive those who were doing that to him. What a powerful, powerful Man of faith, Jesus Christ was. A man of faith, because of that faith, loved God his Father intimately and loved his bride who was to be intimately, to give his own blood for her, that she might receive, that we might receive the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of Christ. So this morning's lesson is titled The Faith of Christ Produces the Love of Christ I want to finish this series of the fear of God with the love of Christ remember if we fully understand what the fear of God is it's an awe of his greatness of his sovereignty over all which leads us to humble ourselves in a love for the one who the only one who could save us by the sacrifice of himself. And so the faith of Christ in us should produce the love of Christ in us so that we would love not only the brethren. As it says in the Gospel of John, and chapter 13, verse 35 and 36, see, a new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, that you love one another even as I have loved you. For in that you would love one another, all men would know that you are disciples because you love one another. That's a, that's a new commandment that we as brethren should love one another as dear sweet family. And as I shared last week, how I love the fellowship, that sweet family at Pleasant Hill. I feel and experience and know the love of Christ through them. And through many other brethren around the country, uh, Mike Ferguson, uh, uh, Joey Starkey, his his sweet wife Andrea, and so many others, experiencing that love that only the family of God can experience. It's the love of Christ. But you know the scripture teaches, as we'll share in another lesson uh, in the coming weeks as we close this theme, that the true man or son or son or daughter of God, will love their enemies and pray for them and do good to them. For that is a true measure of the love of Christ, the love of a son or daughter of God. And in the coming chaos, it's so important for us to remember that our fight is against not flesh and blood, but against those who are held captive, or the devil who is held captive People to do his will. We're supposed to be warned against the devil. To love those who are being held captive by the devil. So, brethren, let us begin this morning by looking carefully at several passages of scripture in the book of Galatians and Romans. In the book of Galatians, in chapter five, it's interesting that that uh, Jake was talking about the freedom we have in Christ. Here's a statement. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. What's that yoke of slavery? Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ you who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. Faith working through love. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we would ask this morning as we would begin to address the issue of of Christendom, uh, whatever denominational form it might take, oftentimes defers back to uh, law. And the only other option, it seems, in the minds of those who are a part of Christendom is licentiousness. Not recognizing the true meaning of what faith is particularly the faith of Christ. And so I'd ask this morning that you would help us to realize that it's by the faith of Christ that the love of Christ can then be manifest in our bodies to each other and to those around us who are not yet Christians. I would ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. In my first point, I want to share with you that the law of Moses, or law-keeping, the do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, does not work. It's destined to perish with the using, it says, by the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians in chapter 2. It's important for us to recognize, then, that law-keeping or list-keeping or expectations that are not of a scriptural standard are never going to produce the righteousness of God or the love of God. Only the faith of Christ. And so, let's begin at looking in this once again. As we take a closer look in this passage of Scripture, in verse 1, he says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. The Apostle Paul is warning them not to go back to Judaism, not to go back to the the law-keeping that was mandated there. And so it's important for us then to look down at verse 4. He says here, I testify again to verse 4. You have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. You see, the law could never make anyone holy. Now, the law itself was holy and righteous and true. But as those who have studied carefully the purpose of the law, the purpose of the law was not to impart life. In fact, the scripture says the law was never intended to impart life, but rather that it would be a tutor to lead us to Christ, that we might be saved through faith. Again, that's in Galatians, in chapter 5, or excuse me, chapter 3 near the end of chapter 3. Galatians was devoted to helping people understand that law-keeping is death. And it's important for us to realize that law-keeping is death. And unfortunately, so many Christendom denominations require certain things. Be done, otherwise you are unworthy. (coughs) The reality is, is that if we have faith and we are faithful to the one who created us, we will respond to him in faith and in love as he calls us to himself through the gospel. There's not a do not handle, do not taste, do not touch in that, but rather a heart that wants to please God in every respect. You see, faith is completely different than law. To be a law-minded husband... Versus a faithful husband? To be a law minded wife? Versus a faithful wife? One is driven by a love for her or his beloved. One is driven by fear and expectation, which is crushing. And so it's important for us to recognize what Paul is trying to communicate here. I would have you turn to the book of Galatians in chapter 2, verse 11, down through verse 18. Of course, the whole book of Galatians is, is designed to teach us that law was never intended to impart life. That law, in fact, is a powerful tool to convict people of sin, to lead them to Christ. But look at, look at here as this example. Peter, the great apostle, had walked away from the faith. He was spoken of publicly, spoken to publicly by the apostle Paul as the infant church would have been crushed if it had been forced back into law-keeping, because the law does not bring about life. Listen to what Paul says here. But when Cephas, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, In other words, oh, I'm not going to associate with them. Fearing the party of the circumcision. Literally, the law-keeping Jewish Christians. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy. and, And the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel... I said to Cephas in the presence of all, If you being a Jew live like the Gentiles, free from the law, and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? Compel the Gentiles to live under a law system. And then he goes on and says, We are Jews. He's speaking of himself and Peter and others who are Jewish but have converted to to Christianity, they're still Jewish people, but they've understood that Jesus is the Christ of God, and that only through Him, as we bow the knee, could we be saved. He says we are Jews by nature, by by birth, and not sinners among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through the faith of Christ Jesus. Even we Jews have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ as Christians, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ a minister of sin? May it never be. Now notice people being justified by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith of Jesus Christ. If you go back and try to be shackled under a law system like Peter was starting to do, going back to the do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, you're going to be destroying the very plan of salvation that God offered to you. The sad thing is is that unfortunately there are so many who've never really heard the gospel plan of salvation. They are still bound up in their sins and their trespasses. But for us who have understood that the freedom we have in Christ through the shed blood of the Lord being applied to us in our obedience to the gospel having been immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, to receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, now our lives are free to serve the Lord in faithfulness and love. Peter was slipping back into that law-keeping. And Paul forcefully opposed him and teaches very clearly in verses 15 and, uh, through 16. 17 That we cannot go back. And then he reiterates it again in Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 5 and 6. We can't go back. Verse 4 tells us that. Now I would have you turn to Romans in chapter 8. Romans 8. By the way, Romans was written to confirm that it's by the faith of Christ that we are justified. Statement. Super powerful statement. <coughs> excuse me. Romans and uh, chapter. Excuse me. Romans chapter three. Excuse me. My writing is too small this morning, or my eyes are not as good as they used to be. <laughs> Romans chapter three, uh, verse nineteen and twenty. Romans nineteen and twenty. Notice what Paul says here. Now we know that whatever the law says. It speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. See, the power of the law brings you under the accountability to God. But look at verse 20. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Notice, that's the purpose of the law. So if we go back to law-keeping as Christians, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, you have to bow now, you have to stand up now, you you have to say this prayer now, you have to make sure that you do this now, you have to pay this money now, and all that. That's not faithfulness. That's law-keeping. Maybe not by the law of Moses, but it's still law-keeping to merit your worthiness. It's only by the blood of Christ and through His Spirit indwelling us that we are worthy, that we are adequate for this wonderful new ministry called the ministry of reconciliation. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 4 really quickly. Just confirm once again that it states clearly that anybody who goes back to law keeping as a Christian is severed, severed from Christ. Chapter five. Take a look at verse, uh, verse four. You have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. That's a terrifying statement. Now there are there are some uh, churches, denominational churches, that teach that you cannot lose your salvation. Why did Paul get so aggressive with Peter? Because he recognized that going back to law keeping was death. So it's important for us to realize that we, if we're going to fully understand the fear of the Lord causing us to be in such great awe and adoration we will bow the knee and with a heart of love for all that he has done to secure our salvation we will live faithfully as his bride. And as a faithful bride Moved and motivated by love because our understanding of who he is and what he's done for us. You know, love is a great motivator. It's the greatest, actually, motivator. Fear is a great motivator, too, but it's not as great as love. In fear, we will do what is expected and that only You see, the law of Moses said thou shalt not commit adultery, but the love of Christ will cause us not to look at another woman. And interestingly enough, if we apply that spiritually speaking, that we will have eyes only but for the Lord. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. You see the power in that statement its love that motivates us we fix our eyes on jesus as he fixes his eyes on us as the apple of his eye well the faith of christ produces the love of christ the faith that jesus had is the faith that we're called to have and so it's important for us to recognize that let's go back to galatians and chapter 2 verses 19 through 21 19 through 21 Here in verse 15 and 16 and 17, we hear how the faith of Christ justifies. Now, I know your translation might read a little bit differently. And I would encourage you, if you have, like I have here, um, a New American Standard, that you'd go back and take a look at the King James. And in the King James, it's rather interesting because in verse 15, it speaks of Uh, excuse me verse 16 it speaks of um, we're not justified by the worship law but through the faith of Christ Jesus literally that is in the genitive case meaning Christ's faith we possessing Christ's faith are justified made innocent before the father and then again in verse 16 uh, so that we may be justified by faith faith of christ so now i want to take a look at verse 19 and 20 of galatians 2 in verse 19 for though for through the law i died to the law so that i might live to christ that's an interesting statement and we learned uh, about what it means to from the law we die to the law law is a tutor to lead us to Christ. When we recognize from the law that we are sinful and have no way of entering into heaven because of our unworthiness, because of our sin, as laid out by the law, we seek a Savior. We seek Christ Jesus as the only one who gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. So notice the law actually drives us to a right relationship with Christ Jesus, our Lord. How important that is, then, to recognize the law's purpose is to drive us to Christ Jesus. And in fact, I don't have it in my notes, but quickly turn with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians in chapter 3. And notice it says in verse 23, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. From uh, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, for we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all who were baptized into Christ Christ, have clothed ourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Because as Abraham had faith, the faith of Abraham is the same as the faith of Christ. So we now, because we possess the faith of Christ, are justified and sanctified being clothed in christ but lest i digress verse 20 of galatians 2 is so powerful i got a little excited there i just wanted to make sure that verse 19 was understood that the law drives us to christ that one we might be sanctified by faith but notice verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh the life I na- that I now live in this body this physical fleshly body I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the, gra- I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died needlessly. You see, it was through the blood of Christ. And his subsequent resurrection after the, the burial. That we now, as we participate in his death, burial, and resurrection, and immersion, now we can walk in the faith of Christ. They're saying, Where's the love of Christ in all of this? Well, that's a great question. Um Let me have you turn back really quickly to Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 28. Again, as I shared before, Romans was written, also written to confirm that it's by faith and not by the works of the law that a man is both justified and sanctified. But in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 28, it is confirmed that it is by faith. (coughs) Excuse me. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, the law and the prophets spoke of the faith of Christ, spoke of the Messiah, and our following him in his footsteps faithfully. Notice this says in verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith of Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness because in the forbearance of God He passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time so that He would be just and the justifier of those who have the have the faith of Jesus where then is boasting it is excluded by what kind of law of works no but by the law of faith for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law not only do they maintain that but i maintain that and anyone who understands how God operates in regards to uniting us with his Son in his death, burial, and resurrection, having been cleansed by the blood and raised up to walk in the newness of life by the Spirit, now we have the power to walk just as Jesus walked and still walks, serves as our intercessor. You see, everything that Jesus did on earth was by faith, which produced a love for people. I mean, I I could go for hours this morning And I know that you have other things to do, like uh, stay warm. But it's important for us to recognize that through the faith of Christ, he was able to love the unlovable. On the cross, as I shared earlier, he loved that man beside him that was cursing him with vile things. And yet when he realized who Jesus was, that he was the Christ, the Son of God, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, I think he actually even said, Lord, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus granted him salvation. Notice, he had a change of heart. He believed that Jesus was the Christ, was the Lord, and knew that he on earth had the power to save. Now... As we bow the knee and confess Him as Lord and are immersed into Christ, we too then receive the forgiveness of sins. We then receive the Spirit by which now we can walk in the newness of life. Well, as we take a look at Galatians 5, where we started, in Galatians 5, verse 5 and 6, very, very powerful, powerful passage communicating the great provision of Christ Jesus. Verse five and six. For we through the Spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness. You might want to go back and look at that uh, again as it's actually uh, written in the Greek language. Where it says, uh, For we through faith are are waiting For the the absolute confidence of righteousness in the Spirit. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. Notice the confidence that we have. As we wait, as God does his regenerative, regenerative work, the work of renewal through the Holy Spirit, as it says in Titus, after we're immersed, guarantees that we will grow into the magnificent character of Christ as we walk by faith. And therefore he says, by faith working through love. Notice, faith working through love. Whose faith? Jesus Christ's faith. The faith of Christ saw all people not as enemies, but he saw people as being held captive by the devil to do the devil's will. And were You see, how oftentimes we hear Jesus as we did as he stood over Jerusalem as he was about to walk in Jerusalem, and wept for all those, those even who were planning to murder him. He wept and he says, How often I desire to take you under my wing as a as a hen takes her brood under her wings in love to keep them warm and protected you see jesus loved those who hated him because they didn't know any better it's important for us to have that kind of love that kind of faith that will produce that kind of love and so notice we actually see people in the new testament that understood the faith of christ and understood that it was only through the faith of christ that they were able to produce the magnificent works The magnificent heart of love that Jesus Christ manifests. Turn with me to, and there's many places. I'm just only going to turn to one uh, for the sake of time this morning. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Here's a beautiful passage of scripture about the power of the faith and the love of Christ manifest in his church. So he says here, Paul writes to them, and beginning there, and we should probably start in verse 2 instead of verse 3. Verse 2 down through verse 5. But we give thanks to God always for you, mentioning uh, you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know, what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And if you were to read on, in fact, let's go ahead and read on. We have a few moments left. He says, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers of Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. You see, the faith of Christ in them produced that amazing love of Christ, that absolute confidence of hope, so that they went forth and shared with other people to where their witness, the manifestation of faith and love, went throughout the known world at that time. That's powerful. The power of the faith of Christ will produce the sacrificial love of Christ. And if we will but embrace The truth that we are sons and daughters of God. Filled with the same exact spirit of God that filled the body of Jesus Christ when he walked this way. And that by his faith, absolute confidence in God's promises, he did exactly what God called him to do to secure our salvation. Have you read the New Testament and Old Testament to understand who you are in Christ Jesus? the bride of Christ great heroes of the faith so by that faith of Christ like Jesus destroying the Goliath of Satan so we too have the power in Christ through faith to love people so that they would be pulled out of hell pulled out of the clutches of the devil that they too might experience this amazing love Remember, love is patient and love is kind. It's by the kindness of God that people are brought to repentance. The kindness of God is a manifestation of the love of God. And we're able in the love of God have the same love that Jesus had for others. I remember when I was in sin. I remember that I was totally unworthy. I remember that I had no hope in this world. But I remember that as I read the scriptures... I understood that only through the gospel plan of salvation, only through the love that's manifest in the gospel plan, could I be saved. Brethren, it's so important for us in the next two lessons that we'll do to close out January and close out 2023 that we understand the love of God and that we possess the spirit of Christ and we can choose the faith of Christ. Therefore, we can love as Christ loved and so i appreciate you being here this morning i'm thankful for uh, jacob starting a fire here to keep us nice and warm we pray that god would grant that your electricity would come on for those of you who don't yet have it and we pray that soon this uh this uh ice apocalypse will go away and we can get back to seeing each other face to face thank you for joining us this morning let's close in a word of prayer thank you father thank you so much for the blessing of your word thank you that we recognize that that law keeping is hopeless and actually leads to death pray father that we would understand your great love and your great faithfulness as manifest in your son Jesus Christ recognizing that we too have been crucified with Christ and now we can walk by the faith of Christ and we can love just like Jesus Christ not only the brethren but those not yet yours. Help us to remember and seek and understand that this is truly the manifestation of the fear of God, a reverential fear of your sovereignty and your eternal love manifest to us through the gospel. We ask that you would help us to see this and understand it and apply it in the year to come as we build our hope, our confidence in you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, have a great Lord's Day and Lord Willem we'll see you Wednesday night here.